This is Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International, a non-denominational end times ministry dedicated to fulfilling a divine commission to trumpet forth warnings from God concerning the imminent second coming of Christ and the impending judgment of God upon the ungodly. God has sent Dr. Hansen to many nations of the world with a solemn warning to the political and religious leaders and citizenry to repent of their sinfulness and wickedness or face the catastrophic judgments that will soon be unleashed upon the unbelieving world. Listen now to the warnings of our compassionate and merciful Creator conveyed through His faithful prophetic spokesman, the host of Warning Radio, Dr. Jonathan Hansen. This is Jonathan Hansen. I want to welcome you to the Warning Radio program. My special guest and my pleasure to have again with me, Attorney Stephen Pigeon. Pigeon has fought in the federal and state Supreme Court, Washington State, and uh, ran for Attorney General of Washington State. He's a very active member of the body of Jesus Christ, and only the body of Christ can stop the tyranny sweeping this nation or any nation. He's also the president, publisher of the Sefer Publishing Company. Attorney Pigeon, welcome back to the Warning Radio Program. Well, thanks, Dr. Hanson. Great to be here. It's always good having you. You know, we have done some explosive programs over the years together. I remember when Obama was president. I mean, we did some explosive television and radio programs, got some attention, but we're still both alive. I mean, we really lifted up the skirts and shown what Obama was all about, who he was, his conspiracy in different areas to control the United States and try to topple it. And he's done a good job as far as dividing America. He's certainly in line with communist philosophy, dictators, and Islamic values and beliefs. But we did so many programs showing that he was not our friend. He wasn't loyal to the United States. And how in the world he ever became president it shows you the dysfunction of the church. Before we move on, you want to comment on that, Steve? Well, it does show the dysfunction of the church, you know, and there's, I think there's a real center point to the dysfunction of the church, and it has to do with primarily the scriptures that most of the churches are using. Most American churches, you know, use either the NIV, the ESV, the ASB, the NASB, or the NKJV, right? The New King James, the New American Standard, the English Standard Version, or the New International Version. All of those texts are based upon the Westcott and Hort text that they created in the mid-1800s. Westcott and Hort were not believers. They were two Cambridge University professors, and they relied on two primary documents. They relied on the Codex Vaticanus, which was a totally corrupted document, a document that had been corrupted by church leaders at the Vatican to say what they wanted it to say, and the Codex Sinaiticus, which was a blatant forgery. Now, most people don't know this, but a guy named Constantine Simonides is the one who wrote the Codex Sinaiticus. He published for three years in a row in the Manchester Guardian in England that he was the one that wrote it after this fellow Tishburne claimed that he had found the oldest codex in the world. And so Simonides came out and said, no, it was me, 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 and I did a poor job. Well, there are some 81 differences in the New Testament alone where verses have been redacted and taken out of the New Testament in the Codex Sinaiticus. So as a consequence, 
we get a very watered down and distorted view of the gospel. Now, this becomes a huge problem because what you have seen is really the whole of the 20th century was dominated by this work of Westcott and Hort, dominated by it. The text that you would find, which was predicated on this Textus Receptus, an ancient Greek set of writings that came out of Constantinople after the collapse of Constantinople in 1453. Those writings were the basis of all the major works in the English world, such as the 1537 Coverdale, the 1560 Geneva, the 1611 KJV, the 1857 Brown. All of those volumes were predicated on the Stephanus Textus Receptus as the Greek foundation for the New Testament. Then we get Westcott and Hort. Now, the average church continues to use that platform. Now, when you talk about the Westcott and Hort using the Sinaiticus as a forgery, that's not the only thing they'd forged. They also forged some minutes from the Council of Laodicea in 375 AD, where they claimed that 66 books were selected by the Council of Laodicea. They were the only ones that had minutes that said this. Of the 19 copies of the minutes of that, only the one in the possession of Westcott and Hort identified 66 books. There was no canonization in Scripture until the Council of Trent, and the Council of Trent canonized Scripture, including what's called the Deuterocanon, following the, the move by Martin Luther to reduce the Bible to 62 books because he tried to push four books out of the New Testament, namely James, 1 Peter, Jude, and Revelation. He wanted them excluded from the New Testament. So you see that we've dealt with some real issues in not having a complete set of scriptures in the church. So the church wants to teach, and because the scripture has been so redacted, well, you know, it's like, for instance, if I were to redact one-third of the road signs in the city of Seattle, you know, one-third of the stop signs, one-third of the caution signs, one-third of the yield signs, I just took them out. You can imagine the kind of confusion you'd have at various intersections. Well, this is essentially what's happened in the church. So as a consequence, the church has been spending time teaching the tithe, which is improper. It's the teruma, not the tithe, that they're asking for. And they have concentrated on building huge buildings. When the book of Acts tells you, Stephen's testimony is, that there is no building where you're going to house the creator. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. So all this time building a building, all this time demanding the tithe, and at the back of this, where is the change in the people? Why is it that the church has the same level of adultery, the same level of homosexuality, the same level of drug abuse, the same level of alcoholism, the same level of promiscuity as the street? There's no difference because there's no change in the people. And there's no change in the people because the pastors preach lawlessness. And that's certainly true with so many pastors, certainly not all of them. I know a lot of good pastors preaching the truth, and, and obviously we're all part of the remnant. Then we get attacked for preaching the truth, like homosexuality is a sin, and people say, well, I don't agree with that. That's your interpretation of Scripture. I say, that's not my interpretation of Scripture. That's what Scripture says, that homosexuality <laughs> is a sin, and we can't make our own Bible, and you can't make your own God, and you can't make your own Jesus. <laughs> so yeah, I yeah. think it goes right back into the garden where Satan tried to tempt man. You are as God and you can make your own laws and your own values, your own beliefs. And who cares about what God says? I believe that true holiness is both attractive and 
convicting, true holiness. People were attracted to Jesus, true holiness. They were convicted, not condemned, but convicted. And we have got away from holiness, righteousness, which again, the heroes of the Bible believed in. The prophets believed in, the apostles believed in, and contemporary ones that really brought a great awakening, a great revival, Charles Finney and others. I mean, they believed in righteousness, in holiness, in the fullness of God. They had passion. They wanted to please God. You know, pastors behind the pulpit, for the most part, I don't think they care about pleasing God anymore. They just want to build their business, Steve. Well, I mean, that's a big part of the problem, man. They've been taught corporate leadership, not shepherding. And when you have these giant models where you see super churches, and of course, you know, the game played is my church is bigger than you, therefore I'm holier than you are, or I'm more blessed by God because my church is larger, because I have more big screens, because my disco ball is bigger than yours, because our sound system is much larger than your sound system. You know, I mean, these kinds of things In the eyes of some of the churchgoers, they think that is an indication of spiritual wealth. And actually, it's an indication of spiritual poverty. They are the church of Laodicea. And so what you see when you talk about trying to reform the churches, the churches have to begin with a new understanding that, you know, when you look at what Paul was teaching, Paul was not teaching against the commands of Scripture. He was not teaching that. Shall we sin that grace might abound? No, we shall not. Martin Luther answered that question, yes, we shall. But Paul said, no, we shall not. And Peter says, be holy for I am holy. Well, what is he talking about, right? We're talking about a path, you know, the way, the truth, and the life. The churches want to preach the life, but they do not want to teach the way, and they do not want to teach the truth. They want to teach something else. What happens is we've had a society that has turned a blind eye to, you know, the great tragedy of abortion. We've turned a blind eye to the great decadence of society. We've turned a blind eye to the proper ownership of property. You know, the proper ownership of property is accounted for in Scripture. Thou shalt not steal. What shalt thou not steal? Thou shalt not steal anything that belongs to your neighbor, including his real property. And yet we see in the state of Washington that the Washingtonians voted themselves in a superior deed to every other deed that may exist to any property owner in the state. So if you have a statutory warranty deed, that's fine. If you don't pay your rent to the county, they'll take your property right from you on a deed that does not exist. Just your neighbor is voting in their right to do so. That's theft. Period. That's theft. And Congress and is, yet, U.S. Congress is doing that constantly, aren't they, Steve? That's correct. And it has to do with the fact that they have been taught that they are not under the law. Well, when you talk about under the law, that's, you know, it's a term of art in Scripture, and it means you weren't born under the law. You were born outside of the law. You were born out there, a goyim, a Gentile. You were born of the other nations. You were born outside of the law. You weren't born under it. Some people were born under it. Other people weren't. You know, it's like, for instance, if you were born in Mexico, you weren't born under American jurisdiction. You're not under American jurisdiction. Does that mean when you cross into America that it doesn't apply? Of course it applies. And so when people say, I'm not under the law, well, they forget that the commandments are precepts, not just laws. They're precepts. They're understandings. Now, for me, I definitely claim that I'm under those commandments. Why? 
because I accept the tenet, thou shalt not kill. And because I accept that prohibition, I have a supernatural right to life. Because I accept the prohibition, thou shalt not steal, I have a supernatural right to property. But similarly, because I accept the premise, thou shalt not create an engraven image and bow down to it, you shall not engage in idolatry, I have a right to be free from idolatry, including idolizing your crazy school system, including idolizing your fiat dollar, including idolizing your healthcare system. I have a right to be free from that, from that idolatry, because I come under those commandments. And those commandments were spoken face to face to the people of Israel, and then they were handwritten by the creator himself on stone. You know, I think the U.S. Congress is as guilty as Adam and Eve. They're listening to the same lies of Satan, and they're making their own laws, so to speak, totally contrary to uh, what America is supposed to be living under. They're completely satanic now. Oh, I, I totally agree. I totally agree. When you talk about this adoption of this AI protocol that is going on with you know the world elite who are banksters, criminals, looters, thieves, parasites, they have decided that what they're going to do is create a global digital identity system. That's what they decided to do. And what we see going on is exactly what they're doing. This came out of Bill Gates and his compadres deciding that what they wanted was a global digital identity system. That global digital identity system is coming to you in the way of a forced injection that they're now recommending be given to infants. Oh, yeah. In fact, headline news is now they believe we need six vaccinations. Six. And they're even talking about having a different one every week. It never ends. Uh, It never ends until you get 666 vaccinations. This is where you're headed, right? (laughs) Yeah, until you're dead. That's where it's headed is is, uh, uh, billions dying. We talked about depopulation a long time ago in my conferences, you and me and Matt Shea and others. Right. Oh, yeah. Those conferences were great, John. Well, you know, the thing is, is what we see is, is that these vaccinations, what's going on now is these are digital identifiers. They're injecting a graphene oxide into your system, an mRNA, that is creating an antenna inside your body. It's a digital identification. And that's why they're recommending it for infants, because they want every single person on Earth attached to the Internet of Things which is 5G and 6G, so that you have a digital identity system in board. It's inside your body. It's in your system. From this, they can create the next fiat currency, which, of course, will be a digital cryptocurrency. That's the whole plan. That's what they're doing. Yep. So when you look at this and you see what is a global digital identity system if that's not a global mark? Now, ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to the Warning Radio Program. Who you're hearing today as my guest is attorney Stephen Pigeon. Now, if what we're talking about frightens you a little bit, it should, because we need to come under the authority of Jesus Christ. He needs to be your Lord, your Savior, your God. You need to be under the blood, just like, again, when God brought his plagues upon that superpower Egypt. If you listen to the prophetic warning, apostolic warning of Moses, if you stayed under the blood, so to speak, when it put it on the sides of the house and the doorpost, then the death angel did not 
touch the firstborn. We don't need to be afraid, but we do need to be aware and we do need to be taking these things seriously because I believe the greatest persecution is coming, but so is the greatest outpouring of the Holy Spirit that mankind has ever seen. These are exciting times and it's time to rise up like a David, swing the sword, cut off the head of Goliath and see great victories. And eagle saving nations, you're going to hear me go into that because it's going to be used to stop the insanity and what the tyranny trying to come against the United States and the nations around the world. Eagles saving nations. Now, remember that because in January, it's going to kick off. Now, Steve, I'll tell you what, Russia, Putin, uh, things are happening and nobody's discussing them. Uh, Touch on that. Sure. Well, you know, Joe Biden has a vested interest in Ukraine. I mean, this is where he's been involved in a major kickback scheme from the the uh, the mafia, the Ukrainian mafia, controlling the Russian gas pipelines running through Ukraine. And that's well documented. The money comes to Hunter Biden and Hunter Biden has said openly that he pays the majority of it to his father, as well as kickbacks that came in from Red China. So Joe Biden has a personal interest in keeping this money train open in Ukraine. Well, he has been agitating and they have been and he and his propagandist media Uh, which are basically Pfizer employees, have been out screaming that Russia is gearing up to attack Ukraine and gearing up to attack Ukraine. Well, Russia looks at it from a point of view that NATO is breaking a promise that was made by H.W. Bush that they would never put NATO nations in Russia's neighborhood. That is, it's near neighbors. They're breaking that promise. In fact, we've we've put we've moved nuclear missiles into Germany. We have put um, anti-tank missiles in Ukraine. And then a senator yesterday came out and said that we're going to put a fleet of ships in the black sea to bomb russian uh, uh, army installations and that we're going to that we are not ruling out first strike nukes now this is what a u.s senator second in command to the u.s uh, intelligence agency in the u.s senate said on live tv yesterday now russia as you know has developed a hypersonic missile that is we can't shoot it down at all and they have almost twice as many nuclear warheads as we do including some rather substantial 200 megaton warheads which are the largest uh, warheads ever seen and quite frankly when when putin met with biden he didn't meet it was supposed to be a one-on-one and biden of course is riddled with dementia and he can't think can't speak can't act and so his advisors who are all corrupt democrats who don't know what they're doing were the ones making the decisions, talking with Putin and making demands of Putin. And Putin said, look, Ukraine has to respect the Minsk Accords, which they signed. And they have this comedian in there, Zelensky, who is, you know, totally ignoring the Minsk Accords, which is between Ukraine and Donbass. That's what the agreement was made. They were supposed to recognize Donbass autonomy to some degree so that they could heal the nation. Instead, they're putting tanks on the border. They're opening up on on the civilian targets in the Donbass. They're threatening Crimea and all of this in order to drag the United States into war because Joe Biden wants it done. And Joe Biden wants it done in order to protect the profits he's making off Russian gas running through Ukrainian pipelines into Europe. Now, the Nord Stream pipeline has been completed, which bypasses uh, Ukraine altogether. It's a modern pipeline capable of delivering 40% of Europe's needs in natural gas. And Biden is trying to keep that shut off as much as he possibly can. You know, just the same way he's denied Canadian natural gas from flowing into the United States. 
of and blocking the Keystone Pipeline. So anyway, this is the kind of thing that we see coming out of this administration. Now, we are on the precipice of nuclear war because Putin told Biden yesterday, look, if you don't get Ukraine to respect the Minsk Accords and stop NATO proliferation into Ukraine, we're going to stop it. And if Russia stops it, it's not going to be uh, a small thing. It's going to be a large thing. There won't be much of Ukraine left standing. Ukraine's a failed state. There won't be much of Ukraine left standing. And there will be capitulation by Europe because Europe is completely outgunned and completely outmatched. If the United States were to put a fleet in the Black Sea, they would be sunk in about the first 15 minutes of the war. So this is the kind of ignorance and arrogance we have coming from from the U.S. leadership. They have no idea. And they and uh, Tulsi Gabbard, who is the only Democrat that I have any respect for in the world, told Tucker Carlson that this is going to result in nuclear war. And if Russia decides that they have no choice, they will launch a first strike against the United States. And it will probably begin with taking out all of the U.S. GPS satellites, followed by an EMP over the United States, and then whatever target they happen to feel is needed to go. So that's pretty much where we are right now. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to attorney Stephen Pigeon. Let me tell you something. Uh, trouble is here already, and it's only going to get worse. I hope you are right with God, with Jesus Christ. I hope he's your Lord and Savior, because if he is, then again, we need to be concerned, but we don't have to be afraid. We are in the greatest days, the greatest days of revival that the world is going to ever see, but also persecution is coming. So again, I hope you are right with Jesus Christ. Now, Bible prophecy does go into the next few wars, including the North and West colliding. And let me tell you something, we lose. We lose. America needs a tremendous revival. That's the only thing that will stop, again, our self-destruction. Eagles Saving Nations. Tune in as we talk about it in January. Uh, Attorney Pigeon, Dr. Pigeon, again, uh, thank you so much for being on the program today. You bet. Come over and check me out at Sefford.net, or you can catch my videos on YouTube under Stephen Pigeon. Wonderful. And you'll see what I'm up to. Very good. Very good. That's Attorney Dr. Stephen Pigeon. May God richly bless you. Listen carefully. You need to order the book, The Science of Judgment. God bless you. Reverend Dr. Jonathan Hansen has written a book titled The Science of Judgment. God is predictable. There is a scientific pattern for the rise and fall of nations throughout history. We need to understand the laws or the rules of design regarding prophecy and judgment. When it comes to the laws of judgment and prophecy, denominational or personal belief systems have nothing to do with the reality or the certainty of the rule of judgment. Dr. Hansen's objective is to warn leaders of nations of the second coming of Jesus Christ and the plagues or judgments that are coming upon these peoples and nations that reject Jesus Christ as Savior according to the Scriptures. Dr. Ronald E. Cottle, founder and president of Christian Life School of Theology, states that this book is a must-read for Christians and other leaders in the United States and in other nations. It is clear, powerful, and well-reasoned. We all owe a debt of gratitude to Dr. Jonathan Hansen for the years that have gone into the research and writing of the science of judgment. This book has more than 300 pages, divided up in five sections. Part 1, The Science of Judgment, has chapters titled such as The Laws Regarding Prophecy and Judgment, Patterns of Apostasy, Purpose of Chastisement, Standards for Justice and Mercy, God Forgives When People Repent, God Holds Nations Responsible for What Leaders Do, Parental Responsibility, 
the feasts of the Lord, Solomon's transgressions and their consequences, righteous kings versus evil kings, example of King Jehoshaphat, ungodly alliances, God is predictable, God holds people accountable, man can turn into an intelligent beast to do evil. Section 2, The Deception of the Theory of Evolution, has chapters titled as Problems with the Theory of Evolution, Evolution and Racism, Darwin's Hatred of Christianity and its Fruit. Section 3, Why Must There Be Judgment, has titles such as The Fall of America and Her Destruction, Cult Christianity, Radical Liberal Politics. Section 4, Kings, Dictators, and Presidents, with the following chapters listed as People Choose Their Nation's Leaders, Qualifications for Godly Leadership, Romans 13, Delegated Authority, Satan is in charge of this world, not Jesus. If laws violate conscience, we must disobey. Finally, part five, so what must we do? These chapters are listed as, we are in a cultural war, our responsibility to a hostile government, the Christian's science of judgment. With turmoil ever increasing throughout the nations as Bible prophecy is coming to life right before our very eyes, one must read the science of judgment to have a clear understanding of these events and the reasons why. Call 360-629-5248, 360-629-5248, that is 360-629-5248, and request your copy of The Science of Judgment for a donation of $35 or more, plus shipping and handling. Thank you, and Shalom. Thanks for listening to this episode of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International. Warning Radio is a listener-supported program. We need your donations in order to continue airing these Christ-centered prophetic programs. Send your checks or money orders to World Ministries International, Post Office Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. To donate securely by phone, call 360-629-5248. Visit our website to find other ways of giving and a wealth of information about World Ministries International and host Dr. Jonathan Hansen. The website is worldministries.org. There, you'll also have access to hundreds of previously aired radio programs, made-for-television videos, thousands of articles, Dr. Hansen's books, and travel itinerary. Again, the website is worldministries.org. The phone number is 360-629-5248. Tune in at this same time, Monday through Friday, on this radio station for the next exciting edition of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen. Remember, the Lord is not slow about the promise of His return, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for everyone to come to the repentance that leads to eternal life.